0: Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you.
1: I got a six-year-old in my calculus class in college, and it's going to take my job. What is this nonsense?
0: Comic Sans? Butler had never seen this film, and
1: I got the indication that he hated it. She's like, you pussy, get back in
0: the game. He rebels against maturity by taking a job at a movie theater. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's me. At a video store.
1: Well, this is now owned by Disney, so you're going (laughs) to see a remake at some point.
0: Hi, I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the movie simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film or perhaps don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, we want to hear from you. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Find us. Our podcast is available on all platforms with a backlog of 175 episodes, soon to be 200 for your listening pleasure. How's that? You Very like good. that? Very you good. like that opening? Very good. Very you, like, good. you like that generic opening?
1: Very good generic opening. What are we doing today, brother? Actually, how are you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. No problem. Thank you for asking. Although, you know, uh, this girl I was supposed to protect, uh, I got hired as a bodyguard because as you know, I've been unemployed. So I decided to try yeah. to protect her. Still? Uh, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, still. Uh, probably four months. What? Four months. Will the ding <laughs> come in? Will the ding come in <laughs> when you're editing this? I got a job. Hey
0: guys, Butler here. I actually got employment.
1: <laughs> anyway, uh, I was protecting this girl, right? But, uh, you know, I'm not a very good bodyguard. I just don't know why they hired me. She got captured. I got shot like eight times. Nice. But now I'm on a mission for revenge. Wait, does she Bleeding sing, out, does she sing in the show?
0: Does she sing in this? Does she sing that big song, the Dolly Parton song? The Blue Bayou? No, because you said you're a bodyguard. I thought you were the bodyguard. Oh,
1: <laughs> that's not Dolly Parton. That's Whitney Houston.
0: She set the Dolly Parton song. She's singing in that. Did you not know that? That's a remake.
1: Oh, I did not know that. Wow. Anyways, we're not doing that movie. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? We are doing 2004's Man on Fire, starring our man, Denzel Washington. Our, our I think both of our favorite actor at this point.
0: Uh I don't I mean we I don't like really guys. have a favorite actor, but I will say that I do like him quite a bit. Right. And as a as a person, he's a really cool man.
1: <laughs> really cool man. Stands
0: out you're the best. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh oh, that was my segue into the synopsis. Dear <laughs> Lord, we're off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> In a Mexico City, racked by a recent wave of kidnappings. cia C-I- Whoa. Wow. But do you
0: want me to do it? No, I'm okay. I can do This This will be the first episode that I do both the opening and Ed the synopsis.
1: Yeah. Well, it's time to do, get some, uh, some different stuff <laughs> In a Mexico city racked by a recent wave of kidnappings, ex-CIA operative John Creasy reluctantly accepts a job as a bodyguard for nine-year-old Lupita, the daughter of wealthy businessman Samuel Ramos. Just as Creasy begins to develop a fondness for the young girl, a bloodthirsty gunman kidnaps her. Now Creasy must pick off a succession of corrupt cops and criminals to reach his ultimate object of vengeance.
0: It's like, I know that this is based on a book and the main character of the book is called Creasy, but I just was like, can you just say him Crease? Can you just call him Crease? It's a what, bad what's name. What's Creasy? It's a, yeah, weird it's a name. terrible name. Is that
1: just so she can be like, I love you, Creasy Bear, that stuff? Anyways. She can call him anything, Bear. It doesn't have to be Creasy Bear.
0: <laughs> Man on Fire has a runtime of 146 minutes. When I saw that, brother, I was like, come on.
1: Uh, I love this movie and I also was like, oh. <laughs> Rated R.
0: Production budget of seventy million dollars, uh, but don't worry, this is a Denzel film, and it made that money back. <laughs> <laughs> release date was Friday, April twenty third, two thousand four. Opening weekend, it did twenty two point seven million domestic, seventy seven point nine international, fifty two point nine with a worldwide total of one hundred thirty point eight million dollars. Uh, my joke is that if you have listened to this show before, we have talked about this repeatedly because we both worked at a movie theater. People don't go to see *Band on Fire*. It does not matter <laughs> what the movie is if Denzel is in it. People are there. He can I get ju- a
1: ticket for the Denzel movie?
0: Yeah. Uh, what's the name of the movie? I don't care. Doesn't matter. That's a legitimately uh, what happened when we had the, I've talked about this before. We have the movie Fences and it's a three hour drama based on a play. And I'm like, this movie ain't going to do anything. And every weekend it was busy <laughs> and it was just like Butler said, Hey, I can get two for Denzel. And we, 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 it wasn't even at the point, like, we were even be like, well, movie?" We like, yeah, no problem. Here yep, go. Let's there pick you go. <laughs> it's ridiculous. He is like such box office gold. It's, it's legitimately fantastic to say. Yep. But yeah, he is, an, uh, doesn't matter the movie, people come out for Denzel. Maybe he should have been in a big movie to bring everyone back from the pandemic. It would
1: have actually worked. I mean, he did The
0: Tragedy of Macbeth, which is a great film, but it's not really a film that, it didn't really have a big release. No, because yeah. it was a streamer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyways, well, I digress. Production company was Fox 2000 Pictures, Regency Enterprises, and Scott Free Productions, and was distributed by 20th Century Fox. Came out the 23rd of April, 2004. Went up against, in a wide release, only one movie, 13 Going on 30, mm-hmm. Jennifer uh, Garner, uh, Going Back to Being Young, which I actually, I like that film. That's, or no, she least, grows the big.
1: It's the big film. She grows up. Yeah.
0: She grows up like big. No, it's, a, it's, a, it's fun. It's a good movie. You don't like it? I've 13. only seen it once. I really? liked it when I saw it. It's good. Yeah. Uh, It had a Hulk in it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The week after the 30th of April, you had Mean Girls. These are all wide releases, by the way. Mean Girls, Laws of Attraction, Envy, Godsend, and Bobby Jones, Stroke of Genius. Oh, I don't know what the hell that one is. That is with, why do I want, it's not Jim Caviezel. Maybe it is Jim Caviezel. It might be, I don't know. I think, I don't know. I didn't see Godsend, but I did see Envy, Laws of Attraction, and Mean Girls. Obviously, I see Mean Girls all the time because I have two teenage daughters, and they both wanted to see it. <laughs> um, the week at, week before the sixteenth of April, you had a wide release: Kill Bill Volume Two, The Punisher, not the Punisher you all know with John Bernthal, but the Punisher with Jane? Thomas Jane. I yes. actually don't like.
1: No, no, I actually don't hate that movie.
0: Okay, and also Connie and Carla, and in a limited release, Young Adam. I believe Young Adam has Uma McGregor in that. Kanye and Carl is pretty funny. If you guys are interested in Kanye and Carl. You don't know what I'm talking about. I have no idea what you're talking so about. Mia Vardalos and uh Tony Collette, they witness a crime, so they uh they witness somebody getting murdered, so the mob's after them, so they hide out and they pretend to be men being drag queens in Miami? Or down, yeah, and then they're boy. It's pretty funny.
1: Okay. It's pretty funny. Anyways. Sounds a lot like uh some like it hot. A little bit,
0: probably. Yeah. Yep. Yep. This one movie is directed by Tony Scott, who's done Top Gun, True Romance, and Beverly Hills Cop 2, to name a few. Written by Brian Helgeland from a novel by A.J. Quinnell. Quinnell. Excuse me. That's his pen name. His actual real name is Philip Nicholson. And a lot of his books contain the John Creasy character. Uh, this was his the first book in that series, uh, Men on Fire. So just heads right. up
1: there. Yep. So um, I guess he doesn't, uh, I guess he survives in his book series.
0: He does. He did. in this movie, obviously, if you've seen this film, spoiler alert, Chrissy dies. But in the book, he actually, Chrissy dies in the movie and the girl lives. In the book, the girl dies and Chrissy lives. Because I guess it's just a straight up revenge tale. Uh, Helga Land has uh, won an Oscar for LA Confidential. He also wrote Mr. Griver, which got an Oscar nod. And he did the more recent Spencer Confidential. Composer was Harry Gregson-Williams, who's done Shrek, Phone Booth, which was a movie we did, Butler, mm-hmm. Team America, World Police, edited by Christian Wagner, who's done Face Off, Mission Impossible 2, and The Island, and then produced by Lucas Foster, Arnon Milchin, and Tony Scott, Foster's done Morbius, Jumper, and Equilibrium. Milchin has done The Revenant and LA Confidential, which he uh, had an Oscar nod for because he was nominated for Best Picture, and Scott has done movies that aren't his, Clay Pigeons and The A-Team, to name a few. Denzel Washington as John Creasy. I'm not going to give you his list of films because you should just know him already, but he was nominated for nine Academy Awards and he won two. Glory, which we did on the show, and Training Day, which we did not because I don't think it's forgotten. No. Dakota Fanning as Lupita <laughs> Roma, Ramos, or PETA as she's known in, in this film. She's in War of the Worlds, The Runaways, and she's the voice in Coraline. Rada Mitchell as Lisa Ramos, her mother, she's from Silent Hill. Pitch Black and Olympus Has Fallen. I think she's in all the other Fallen ones too. Christopher Walken as Paul Rayburn, who has won an Oscar for The Deer Hunter and was nominated for an Oscar for Catch Me If You Can. He's also in the original movie, The Dead Zone, not the TV show, obviously. And Mouse Hunt, which we did in episode yes, four, just correct. Uh, this season, I think. We did. Mark Anthony as Samuel Ramos, uh, the husband of Lisa Ramos and the father of Peter Ramos. He is in In the Heights, The Substitute, and Big Night. Obviously, Mark Anthony is an uh, uh, international A singer. singer, so you probably know that's where you know him for more. Giancarlo Giannini as Miguel Montano. Uh, Butler knows him from Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. That's right. And he's also in Hannibal, the movie Hannibal. And he is, But he was nominated for an Oscar, Butler, for a movie called Seven Beauties. I think it was in the 70s. I
1: did know that, but I have no idea what that movie is.
0: <laughs> Mickey Rourke <laughs> as Jordan Kalfas. He is the lawyer uh, to Samuel.
1: Playing a very similar character to his character in Once Upon a Time in Mexico. <laughs> My <laughs> note here is that he planet. looks like
0: Kiefer Sutherland. He does a little bit. He does, yes, yeah. Uh, he is not only for Oscar Butler for The Wrestler. He's also in Sin City and Iron Man 2. He's the bad guy in Iron Man 2. And then Rachel Tickerton as Mariana Mariana Garcia Guerrero. She was in the 1990 Total Recall, not the 2012. She's also in Falling Down and Con Air. So, Butler loves this film. You do. But do I love this film?
1: When was the last time you saw this film? Uh, this is probably... Watching it entirely, my fourth or fifth time watching it all the way through, but I have not seen this film in probably, I would say, five years. Right, would say five years. But I and I've seen bits and pieces uh, on TV. I, anytime it was on TV back when I was at my parents' house when they had cable, I'd watch bits and pieces of it. But yeah, I, I would say it's a good five years at least since I've seen it all the way through.
0: I think the last time I saw this film was when it came out in the theater, I don't think I've ever watched it again. Oh, okay. I don't hate this film, but, Oh wow. I don't, it? I don't hate this film, but I, I know what some of my problems are with it. Um, but well, let's just kick off, I, I guess. So what held up for you? Uh, did nothing did,
1: uh, nothing kind of was like, ah, oh, maybe I don't like that as much as I did back then. There are a couple of, I guess, director directory choices that I'm not a huge fan of. um, and I usually do like Tony Scott's movies, but there are a couple of like the transitions and the slow-mos. I didn't really. So we're just going to get right into
0: what I thought. Yeah.
1: Dig as much. (laughs) (laughs) Those are your problems. Like some of that stuff. I was like, oh, that's kind of unnecessary, which is funny because although I didn't notice it in this movie, the next movie he did with Denzel, which I think was Time Out or out of time.
0: Oh no. Um, That took, that took place down South and with the, with the with the ferry blowing up
1: deja vu deja vu yeah deja vu he in, does that a lot in deja vu he does it in domino too and i deja vu might be one of the few denzel washington movies i really don't like um yeah and one of those reasons is those kind of weird directing choices so it's weird that i was like oh i think this movie is so good in my like i think this movie is so good that i was looking past that before but watching it in a way where like obviously we're taking notes we're a little more of a critical eye those are some of the stuff i watched and i was just like i don't I don't know if I like that anymore. I don't know if I like those parts <laughs> of the movie. Not that that's like super distracting, especially if you're watching it for your first time. But when you watch it a couple of times, you're watching it with a critical eye. It's like, why? I don't know. It's like trying to be poetic. And I just don't think, I feel like that's what he was going for anyway, mm-hmm. but I really don't feel like it was. So this is,
0: I. Tony Scott has a a lot of really good great, great film. True Romance, Crimson Tide's good. Mm-hmm. um we did spy game yep um but it's uh, days of thunder i love pavill's Cup 2 is great top gun obviously there's tons of films he loves. i like last boy scout is you know a guilt i wouldn't say guilt, i don't like saying guilty pleasure it's a pleasure um, <laughs> but uh he at some point i don't know because true romance is a little like this but not as bad even the last boy scout has some of this uh, my only time, the only thing that makes it very, with Tony Scott, where he sometimes loses me is what you're talking about the style edits, the quick cuts. Um, you know, a simple scene where they're just sitting down at a table and it's like black and white, moves, cha- changes, flashes, white. Just, I feel like we're just doing stuff to do stuff sometimes. And maybe I'm not getting what he's trying to do there. And that's fine. I mean, I just, maybe it's not getting it. Mm-hmm. I think if I drill down deeper, I'm sure I could, you know, pontificate on what it is. But there's just so much style sometimes with with Tony Scott films, especially towards like the late 90s into the 2000s, uh, that it becomes a distraction for me. I mean, it makes it very hard for me to kind of just settle into the film, whether that's on purpose or not. But I think right. he does it in a bunch of different films. I think that just... He just started towards the later ends of his career. Obviously, Tony Scott passed away uh, in 2012, uh, almost 10 years now. He was obviously attempting to do things within the camera because that was his style. And uh, director styles change sometimes. Sometimes they don't, but sometimes they do. Sure. And he was just trying, he was doing, and he was just leaning towards this kind of, that kind of style. But for me, as an as a audience member, as a film goer, It was very hard for me to stay with it. And I've been told I have classical film scent taste, which is a good thing. Mm. Um, But, you know, that's just me. I mean, people love it. They love it. Like I, one of the things just to kind of give you an example, instead of just me telling you this, that, this, that, the other thing, just two examples, I'll give you one, uh, the shootout when the shootout and the kidnapping of PETA um, sets this whole thing off, which happens 50 minutes into the film. Which I think
1: uh, we'll We'll get get into into that. that. But I think
0: you need that. But yeah, I understand. I had a very tough time with the editing real. We're figuring out the geography of everybody within where everybody was. Car pulls up. I, I don't know that, where yeah. they are. I don't know where Creasy is. I don't know where the girl is. I don't know
1: what's I don't know what's happening. I I think they set it up well at the beginning, the first shot with the street, and then you look at the left and right and both the cars are blocking. And then once they start shooting, I got no idea where people are. Maybe not so much creasy, but once Lupita runs mm-hmm. and wants, especially the one guy, the one uh, thug that they shoot and he's on the ground. He's kind of aiming at Creasy and he's oh, kind of And then he not. shoots.
0: I don't know how far away he is. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or
1: even the plainclothes guy. Yeah. He's just lying on the ground with his gun. He's like, is he alive? Is he not alive? Yes. And where is he? Yes. I don't understand. It's very difficult to follow.
0: And the other part was, and this isn't what it was a distraction. It was just my question is why, why do this? And you know, this is probably another, you could probably make this comment from Michael Bay. The scene when Guerrero, which is Rachel Tikatin's character, tikatin excuse me. She's the investigative reporter. When she meets Creasy at the scene of the crime, I guess weeks or months later after he's healed a little bit. And she is talking to him about, you know, you've been cursed, that whole thing. Oh, and they're right. just talking to each other. And the camera is like, it looks like it's on rollers. And the cameraman forgot it's on rollers because it kept just like going. Like it was circling them, going oh, behind really her head. That. like So basically they will be talking. And it would be a silhouette. It would be a side shot of Denzel, of Creasy. And then it would, it would be moving. And then it would cut to a shot of her and it's moving behind Denzel's, but Creasy's head. Cut shot by her. It's still side. Then it's the other side. Then it's behind her head. And it was just like, why? Like, I, why are we
1: doing this? Yeah. Like, Cause that's like you said, that's like early 2000s, like right. crime movie kind of thing.
0: It just, it, it, again, it became a distraction because I was sitting there going, why is the camera moving? I don't understand why. Cause it's, it's, it's really, but I want to pay attention to what they're saying. I don't want to be concerned with why, why is she, he's suddenly hiding behind her head. Right. When, so it's just, it's this, that stuff. It just, it really, it, maybe it pulls me out. Maybe it doesn't pull anybody else out and that's fine. But for me, it, it was one of the reasons why, cause when I, when that started happening and it kind of goes off throughout the movie, you just have these moments of these styles. Right, yeah. I suddenly remembered why I didn't connect with this film back when I watched I in the watched theater. It. I think that was a big deal. Cause I was just like, I don't know what's stop, <laughs> <Like> just, <laughs> you know? So I think that was a big deal of it. And he does get super close in some scenes um, of their faces, especially towards the end when, when Creasy's busting in and breaking, getting the brother and it's just like really tight. And right. Like, so to me, that's kind of where I, I, I love Tony Scott as a director, but towards the later, later stages of his career, it was difficult for me to kind of latch on to some of this stuff. Okay. I mean, but you prefer that to, to kind of like, I don't want to say standard way
1: movies like this would be shot. It depends on the movie. I definitely don't want like, this definitely needs to be a little gritty. It needs to be a little like that kind of hot look, that little like kind of bouncy look. I feel like that's just movies that are like Southern California or Mexico, the crime films, they have a certain kind of feel that you maybe anticipate or expect. Like I, I don't think I want to see this. The like you said, like classic cinema. I don't want to see the Steven Spielberg version of this. Sure. Um, I think it needs a little bit of that grit. But my problem is more not so much the camera move, it, just those weird, like zoom ins for no reason. The the putting the words on the screen. I don't you know the captions English, that move the captions. Yeah. I, he's not the only one that does this. This is when it kind of started. Though. Yeah. It's like unnecessary. Mm. I just didn't think you needed that. But I do think some of the look of it you do need. I I do think some of that moving camera, that grit, um, the coloring. I do think some of that's useful. But I just didn't like the, the pop ins, the zooms all of a sudden. Right. You know, Creasy gets off his chair to go to the next scene. So let's make it make it a transition and really zoom in on that one part of his coat there or. or shirt that's like dangling and like make it so grainy and pixelated and he's moving and that's a transition right it's like why yeah and like putting words like like we just said like putting words in the screen that stay up there when they're in english mm-hmm. to emphasize a point mm-hmm. that should be up to me to decide what's emphasized
0: yeah I, I i never like when captions start getting animated or start getting uh interactive like that i, yeah. I, d- I don't like that john wick does that yep and i'm not a big fan of that I don't mind it in ter- I, I do. I will not the exception, but when the, a lot of different movies do texting differently in terms of how you see it.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I then, don't mind yeah. that,
0: that and, Cause they're and, only communicating, right? Different voice. movies yeah. do it different ways. And some movies do it really well. Some, some do it. Okay. But yeah, when, with the captions themselves, like you, when they're going back and forth, I, I'm not a fan. Yeah.
1: And I hate captions on English. If someone's speaking English, I, oh, right. I don't care how thick an accent they have. Understand what people, people are saying, Listen to the dialogue. I just, I absolutely hate subtitled English dialogue. <laughs> I'm sorry, Giancarlo Esposito is completely understandable. I don't need captions under his dialogue. Oh, oh, not Esposito. You're
0: talking about Giannini? Uh, the guy here? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Well, but I will tell you that uh, something that, I mean, you're a millennial. Uh, a lot of millennials use captions now for shows and
1: movies because they can't understand. They need it. They yeah, need I know. It. Cause they're real fucking dumb. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> that's, that's some heat. That's sorry, some heat. sorry, but you're stupid. You're stupid if you have to. Do that. You're dumb. You can't understand what
0: people are saying. You're dumb. You're not listening. Well, that's not their fault. The, I mean, I will say this: that a lot of movies and TV shows now, maybe not back then, but now, the sound is mixed differently than it was back
1: then. Oh, if it's a Christopher Nolan, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. You don't want to subtitle that. I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if the audience doesn't understand. I didn't, real, I didn't realize that that Dialogue was
1: so important in films uh, I, I know was, he didn't say that I was but. on YouTube the other day there was a 17 minute video of This nerd just kind of Defending his choices Why you can't hear the dialogue in, Why would you in, give that in, guy a view? Why would you give that guy a listen? So I was just like I didn't watch the whole thing But I was just like Where are you getting Oh my god The whole thing is just like Are you in his pants? You're like in yeah. Christopher Nolan's pants right Listen, now. Christopher
0: Nolan's A fantastic director And a really good storyteller I love the Dark Knight series I love uh, Inception know i love i love most of his films but what he said about tenet is completely 100 percent wrong <laughs> and he you know listen you can get full of yourself directors and actors can get full of themselves it happens they're human i mean when i don't know if everyone remembers this but when you want to know when it went all downhill for am i who's a great storyteller but it was only on the front cover of time and it was like the next spielberg i'm like are you kidding me that's <laughs> like go away but anyways i digress i digress Let's talk about you brought it up a little bit. Let's talk about how not there's a lot of character development in the first 45 minutes of this movie.
1: Yes. And you said like you need it, but so, go up. We build upon that, please. Lupita doesn't get captured until 49 minutes into the movie. Within that first 49 minutes, you get a John Creasy that's completely devoid of life. He hates he doesn't he wants to end his life. He's an alcoholic. He's got nothing to live for. You've got a Lupita who who is enclosed. She hasn't been to school and we don't – I don't think they say how long she hasn't been to school. But you get the idea she hasn't Uh, been to school in a while. Right. You're welcome back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't – I didn't. that whole stuff was nebulous. I didn't get a lot of the – like I didn't get a lot of the why is she in trouble. Like they kind of show – they kind of talk about it a
1: little bit, but they never get the Samuel Ramos stuff. Yeah. You you get the idea of like, oh, there's just been a lot of kidnappings. Yeah. But yeah. So she hasn't been to school in forever. So she's looking for a friend. She needs someone – you know, her last party just left her and she has no one to talk to really. So you get these two kind of lost souls who kind of meet up and, you know, Lupita in her little childish charming ways, you know Creasy Bear. Yeah. Creasy Bear makes makes him like kind of fall in love with her as as like a father figure. Like I just said that. <laughs> and be her like actual, not just like protector as a job, but her protector. And I feel like if you just had twelve minutes of that and then he's brutally murdering these people, letting himself bleed out, letting himself die for this little girl. Get shot, get shot in the chest. I'm like, you're not, you're not stopping. Like, okay. I'm not stopping. Although he's dying. I know, I know. He doesn't live the rest of the day. I, um, well,
0: you couldn't live enough to get tortured. Anyways, go
1: ahead. <laughs> so I feel like it's earned all that violence at the end is, is earned and earned well. And something I we talk about in the movie all the time, or at least lately I have, I've noticed is I always say things aren't earned. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and in this movie, I feel like it's actually earned. And and when Denzel at the end or when, when Creasy at the end gives up his life for Lupita, it's it's pretty emotional. It's nice. It's it's an earned ending and you really feel at the end. Um, which a lot of times in an action movie or a revenge movie or a thriller or whatever this is, you might not get that.
0: I will say that I agree with you, but trim 15 minutes. That's all I'm saying. No. Not forty five, not forty eight minutes in. Give me thirty five minutes. Give me, give me. That's what the setting should be. Thirty minutes, thirty thirty five pages of that setup. Perfect. I also will say this, not to go back to the style, but it kind of reminded me. I wouldn't mind if the first part of that movie, the buildup, was shot classic as is. Not a lot. Of oh, the and then cuts. get gritty when he goes and off then, the rails, and then yeah, and then you go off the rails with him, and that, I would be okay with that. That's that actually kind of, of a cool
1: idea.
0: Um. So Do you want to remake it for a third time? No, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, so the first time it was remade was 1987 by Scott
1: Glenn, which I didn't even know. I kind of want to
0: watch that. Uh, Ellie Sch- uh, Schrock. I probably said that wrong. I'm sorry. And and start Scott Glenn. So I don't mm-hmm. even know how that would be. But anyways, um, I just yeah, I just think 48 minutes is a little too long because I was like, all right, get to it, get to it already. Um, so, but I, I agree with you. I just think trim it a little bit. That's all. That's all. Just a trim trim here and there that's all i'm asking <laughs> for uh
1: so yeah what did you think of the guerrero and the uh, manzano kind of subplot i didn't
0: care for it i she's, thought there was
1: a little too much of it this time she's only there uh to, to give information.
0: him information uh because at my notes at the end are like what are the cops waiting for like they're just letting him go in here and then
1: because they can't do it legally, just and, let him. And then they play.
0: have the tagline at the end. I, I love that. They can't go in legally, but yet you can have the, the entire police force is corrupt. Well, we can't go in illegally. Really, just go in. I mean, you don't stop the corrupt cops. What does it matter if you do something legally? Well,
1: because they're not the cops.
0: Oh, they're the federal they're the federal uh They're the federal agents. Right, right. Yeah. But who cares? But anyways. Um, <laughs> I didn't the ending, like when they have just because we're cutting to it, we're talking about him, like the ending how Chrissy dies. They do his John Creasy, uh, whatever to December 16th. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then that fades out. We leave that same date. And then you see like that same day, Genini shooting him, just shooting him in the pool oh, shot while arrest. rest. Like, Oh, I don't need this. I don't care about this. This doesn't,
1: I, I didn't, I didn't care. For I almost, it, it might've been added. Well, I didn't see any note about it, but added after the fact, like test audiences didn't like the bummer that he didn't get away. That he, that he got away. Yeah, he got yeah, away. Yeah. Although even if you didn't get that, <clears throat> cause I totally forgot about that little tag. You, the whole thing is, you know that Miguel is on the case. Like he now knows where well, to find the case. Why guy not? The most How about, let me give you another ending. The voice is there when they pick him up.
0: Creasy gets in the car. He looks, the voice is talking to him about I'm going to do so much things to him. Creasy la- smiles. And then Creasy's watch goes off because he has that bomb up his ass that he did to the other guy <laughs> and blows up the entire car. And Denzel kills him. ain't
1: putting nothing up I'm just
0: saying, I'm just saying that would be a better ending. You know, I'm just saying that would be a better ending.
1: I like that Denzel just kind of fades. I I, I, kind of like that he just dies. That is, his mission is complete. He's no longer the patron saint of lost causes, which is why it falls off of him because he had a cause and then he kind of died. I like the symbolism there and stuff. See, that symbolism where you don't have to actually like suddenly like zoom in and put like words on the screen. It was a close up, though.
0: (laughs) It was a close up, though, Butler. It was a close up. Tony Scott has said that. During the He wanted people to experience this movie Like a jigsaw puzzle So that to me tells me that I'm solving something
1: I get it because He's trying to figure out Who did the kidnapping Sure but then don't tell me that it was Samuel Ramos At the very beginning of the movie Which
0: I, I, had, a, I had a Hard time
1: believing that Anyone would Have had their kid to be yeah, kidnapped Yeah I, I just had a hard time With that I should be eating ice cream and watching videos all day. Yeah, give
0: me a break. And then they, and then the lawyers, kind of working with him. I guess he's killed off screen because you see his headless body. I'm assuming that's supposed to be him
1: in the pool. Yeah, he's killed with the ninja yeah, sword,
0: but we never see it. So I'm just like, that's him. What's happening? Okay.
1: Oh, I kind of figured because he's wearing the same blue that he was wearing. The true. Entire I time. just, I just was.
0: It seemed like weird that it was off. It was off camera. And one of the notes I had was that. Denzel and Work didn't get along when filming, but like they didn't, they, what scenes were they in together? Yeah. I don't, there were no scenes together. So I don't, I don't understand know that. note. Who doesn't get along with Denzel Washington? Right. Well, so, I mean, I can see that. Come on. Nicky works not exactly probably easy to work with. I know true. he's not
1: easy to work with. <laughs> I guess Christopher Walken and Denzel scenes together were highly improvised, which I
0: like. Yep. How long was it between when he got out of the hospital when Christopher Walking heals him, how long was that supposed
1: to be? I gathered it's only like you were like weeks or whatever. It's uh, it's only been like probably a week. Okay, good. Or days. I was giving it the benefit of the doubt no, because no, no. then Creasy has the line when he's like, "Revenge is a meal best
0: served cold." Like you're not serving it cold. You're serving it right after you got after the incident. That's not the definition of cold. So I didn't get that. Like that's the thing. Like that's I think a lot of that stuff is thrown in there. Say this, and then they use it because there's a cool lot of line. stuff. There's a lot of stuff when like. Like, different moments, too. Like, when he's checking out the guns, and he's like, shh, 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 shh. And then right. they just have this one shot of the woman, and she's like, if no one sees me, I'm staring a Gog up. Like, yeah. she's just staring at him, like,
1: what is this? Is she what like, are a, you doing? is she an extra that just sees Denzel, and she's staring at him? Like, I, I thought we could get a picture of that. Well, the thing is, like, if it was Michael, if this was a Michael, if this was a Michael Mann movie, those would be actual, uh gun runners, and those would be actual people selling actual guns. And that would be awesome. (laughs) But because it's Tony Scott, I don't know if they are or not. But if it was a Michael Mann movie, I'd be like, oh my God, he actually got... Look at these weapons. (laughs) Uh, So there
0: were two sex scenes that were filmed for this, and they both were cut. And I'm glad they were cut. Uh, One between Lisa and Samuel Ramos. Whatever. Okay, I don't really think we need that.
1: You get the kind of beginning of that at one point. Right.
0: But then the one with Lisa and the wife and Creasy. No, thank you. I mean, like, I just did not in terms of like, ew, gross, in terms of that makes no sense to no, the movie. That
1: ruins the whole plot of the movie
0: for right. sure. Yeah. Right. I mean, I like the scene when, I mean, I I like the scene when she comes in, he's like, I'm going to kill them all. She's like, you kill them all. Like she, yeah. I kind of, I, I, and I, I don't want to, I hate using this, but like, I've seen that done before, like, but better. Like, I just kind of think like the dialogue just kind of like.
1: Oh, well, I liked it because it wasn't all overly hyped. It was just sure. Like killing but, I like, but I like. But I maybe away. I
0: want that more. Maybe I just I like that in movies. But that's fine. I enjoy like the. Um, I enjoy the intention of that scene because right. that's what I want too. Uh, were you, were you like not let down by the
1: revenge killings? Or were you just kind of like they're all right? There's nothing really. When I first watched them, I was like, yeah. Now I watch them. It's like, I, I feel like he needs to go through more guys. Yeah, I feel like a New Jersey guy got off pretty easy. Oh, I know. I was like, oh, come on. Blow he, his foot off or he something. He didn't kill a woman.
0: I mean, I guess, I mean, he doesn't kill women and children. Okay, fine.
1: But like this woman deserved it. Exactly. She's part of it. I thought that the entire time I was like, you're going to, I get it. It's 2004. You're not going to kill her because she's a woman. But in 2022, you're killing her. I'm John Wilkes killing, equal, her. Equal John rights. Wicks killing yeah. her. John Wilkes John Wilkes putting a bullet right in her head. <laughs> she deserves to go. Uh, so I was a little mad. He doesn't kill her. Obviously, I love the guy with the bomb in his butt. <laughs> that I was was that on the poster. poster. You had more time. Not the uh, was that part of the trailer? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a big part of the trailer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I do like the fingers getting removed. When he's cutting like, in the first guy. Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, I like when he realizes he's gonna die and ask for the cigarette. I just mm-hmm. wanted more of that. Yeah, I feel like after Man on Fire, this was still around the time of the Shield, and mm-hmm. the Shield was doing a lot of this stuff too, mm-hmm. and then kind of. Everybody kind of went with that. Like Man, it's Man on Fire and the Shield. Yeah. And inspired a lot of other things. So now we've seen so much other revenge stuff where we're just like, yeah. Yeah. Kill him for killing your dog. Well, the revenge story
0: is a is a story that's, oh, it's a classic. Anyway, it's a classic. Mean, and you root for it. Torture. You want yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, i like, Jody doesn't watch a lot of the films, but like she had seen some of the John Wick stuff. She's like, why is he killing these people? And I was like, Well, because they killed his dog. And she's like, Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I was like, All right, yeah. Uh so I think that after that, like we've just seen after this there's been so much other stuff that's done more and gone further so right. when you're watching it this time it's like no Chrissy, come on go further come on mm-hmm. jump his dick off <laughs> so i and again like you said it is 49 minutes of build-up i just say not get enough he doesn't kill enough people I right think. I think you want to see more people get killed. I think this
0: this movie's way too long. Um, I said, I, I said cut 15 minutes at the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. so I'm thinking this film should be about two hours. So you probably cut another 15 minutes within the framework of the, I think of, this could be two, 10 2, 15. If it's two, 10 to 15, it better be worth it. I just think it's, it, it just drags a little. Just, it just, I, what do you think of, now? Do you think it was a good choice now? Not, not you back then, but now that she survives.
1: No, okay. I didn't think it was a good choice back then. I don't think it's a good choice now. It se- it, it it adds thirty minutes to the movie because it's but, a- it's over,
0: and then all of a sudden he finds out she's alive when he's on the phone. He's trying to get him right. It,
1: it adds to the movie. Oh, it doesn't add thirty minutes, but it doesn't Go add. Go back and look. I don't know if it adds any time because he'd still have to kill the voice after that. But the vo- well, I'm saying the voice. The say, voice should have just been there. But if uh, Lupita isn't dead, if or if Lupita is dead rather. Then Creasy has to survive. Mm-hmm. So it's one or the other. One of them has to be um, alive at the end of the film. Right. So I don't think Creasy could die at the end of Man on Fire if, like, well, which, which is, I guess, what the novel does. Lupita dies, Creasy goes on to be in eight different novels.
0: Well, he, uh, he, the entire, he goes off and kills him. See, I think, I don't know if the book, because the fact is that this has happened already to him. Like, uh, like some, he, he let somebody die. Like it, maybe that's in the book and okay. that's why he's like this. He let, he let somebody down a family, maybe not another kid, but a family died under his protection. I don't know what it was. Okay. And he let, so I think that's why he was a broken man. I, I think so. I'm, that might, I might, I might've been remembering that wrong, but uh, <laughs> I think it's, nobody wants obviously her to die. You know what I mean? Like in terms of, you going to want to see a kid, die. but honestly, yeah. if we're being realistic, in real life, she would she she would have been murdered. Well,
1: as he says, it does make much business sense to kill her. At the same True. time, she would absolutely be sold into slavery. Oh yeah, no, he, he wouldn't have her if he, he was to, a businessman. Yeah. He would have, have made to money off find of her. her. Yeah. Yes, I can't get her right away. She's gone. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, she's gone. She yeah, would,
1: she would not come back as as innocent and uh, safe as when he finds her right. in this film. Yeah. Right,
0: right. Yeah, absolutely, I agree with that. But that's not the. I mean, I don't know if you get this movie now, you probably would get that. Like she was sold off. He's going shit. Like what's. The oh book? yeah. Well that was happening. to Taken. Yeah.
1: And taken. They yeah, do that. They were. She was pretty much being sold and he stopped. Yeah, that. She was being sold. Two of yep. her other friends were already drugged up and yep, gone. Yep. 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 That's how it would have been. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do think that if she wasn't alive, Creasy would have to survive because mm-hmm. you just have to have somebody have that redemption. You know, there has to be a, there has to be a point to all that killing. Do you like the, the stuff around the bullet? Oh, yeah. Okay. I do like this. Go stuff. So at the beginning, he tries to fire, but he can't take it anymore. Which I didn't realize that he tried to kill himself. Oh, it, yeah. Partly because of the cuts. I'm just like, wait, yeah. so what happened? <laughs> it wasn't so clear this time when I saw it, but I, it didn't bother me the first couple times. I feel like also this style has kind of gone away. The craziness. And this was very early well, 2000s. You get a so lot of in the of early it. 2000s, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. But now I'm watching it going. You get weird. a more tempered version of that with
0: base films. Yeah. You know, a tempered version. You still get it, but you get a more tempered version a little bit. Uh, I'm trying to think like you but like Simon West did a lot of this stuff. Um, a lot of the people that came out of that one production company where they were just making these type of films. Right. Um, but go ahead, yeah. So, so the bullet.
1: But he has the bullet, he can't take it anymore. This is when he first gets the job as the bodyguard, realizes he's not gonna be that great at it, puts a bullet in his chamber of his nine millimeter, puts it against his head. And, nice puts it against his head and tries to blow his brains out. And obviously, he can't do it. The gun doesn't uh, misfires. It misfires, yeah. So he calls Christopher Walken and goes, "You know, sometimes you know bullets don't lie, or uh, whatever." <laughs> yeah, no, a bullet um, knows the truth or bullet, something like yeah. that. Yeah. So Creasy keeps this bullet as a kind of like a memento, like, "Hey, I have something to do in this world. Clearly, I wasn't meant to die." He keeps it when Samuel Ramos admits that he's the one that got Lupita kidnapped. He goes, "Listen." Bullet always tells the truth. This didn't work for me, but maybe it'll tell that maybe it'll work for you. And right. it gives Samuel the bullet and he blows his head off for what he did. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that.
0: Okay. Oh, him, yeah. I, the Samuel stuff. I just, I don't understand. Like he's so stupid for thinking that that was, that was a good plan. Let me kill oh, my yeah. daughter, steal his money, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I want to go back to my, uh, my rectal bomb ending. Cause I forgot this. <laughs> I forgot this note in the original ending. Chrissy does not die in the car on the way to the voices house. The two meet and chat for a while about the price of human life. Creasy continually looks down at his watch. When the timer reaches zero, Creasy smiles and the entire house explodes. This implies that Creasy used the rectal bomb that he used on Fuentes earlier in the film. But Scott cut the scene because he felt it did not fit with the tone of the film.
1: So it was in the movie.
0: It was. I don't, I don't think they shot it. Like maybe it, maybe it was in the script. Yeah. So I'm just saying, me and Tony Scott were...
1: On the the same page
0: He cut it Because he didn't like The tone of the film I think you don't like it Because you don't think It fits his character
1: Right No I don't think It fits the tone of the film I I think it it becomes More of like a a Bruce Willis Die hard kind of Action movie Kind of ending Yeah He chooses his own death Yeah but it's like A wink to the camera Kind of I don't know He didn't say Winks to the camera (laughs) Crazy looks to the camera
0: Smiles Gotcha (laughs) <laughs> it's the it, he's got the face on him that Jeff Daniels has in speed when he looks at the bomb. That's my favorite. I I mean he gets blown up, but I always remember the look on Jeff Daniels' face when he looks at the bomb in speed. And he's it. just like, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs>
0: oh God. That's so what's wrong me? with me. <laughs> this is why we gotta end the podcast. You're oh, sick, Phil. You're sick. I'm disgusting. <laughs> How about, don't talk about disgusting. How about that? Creasy just goes into a public pool and bleeds out everywhere. I like, say I'm thing. sorry, Every but like, what find. are we doing here? Yeah. Like, the- chlorine will fill. Hey, yeah, man, chlorine don't go, go swimming. That guy's here again and he's bleeding. Yeah, I got to shock the pool again. You guys can't swim in it for a couple man, You got to stop coming in this pool and bleeding, man. <laughs> it's like, I'm just like, come on, man, get out of the pool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I like uh he does have a couple of cheesy action star lines that I kinda I really like. Okay. I like uh okay, my friend, it's off to the next life for you. Oh yeah. But I guarantee you won't be alone.
0: Oh that's good. That's funny. I mean that that's a good line. I like forgiveness is between them and God. It's my job to arrange the meeting. Yep,
1: that's good. Now
0: he does that because he's he's standing in a uh apartment building about to shoot an RPG in the middle of the road <laughs> to blow up this car. <laughs> and I love before that. Cause this is Fuentes he's going after and he, and the person that tells him, he's like, he's like, he's protected better than our president and he's going to, he's going to need it. And I'm like one car, he's not protected better than the, that's the, pre- like, what is the, how is the president yeah. protected? One dude? Like it's, it's basically Fuentes gets in a car in front of him is another like Jeep SUV with four dudes in it. And that's it.
1: Yep. That's not protection. And a bulletproof car. Yeah. It's not, not, not even his, is his car bulletproof? It survives the incendiary bomb, but it doesn't survive the butt bomb. I guess it's not that. that He puts
0: puts like a flash grenade underneath that gets the guy to come out, shoots it, gets in the car. It's
1: so, so dumb. So like (laughs) he's not protected. So, I, I thought that was that. What I, that what line, I love is, oh God, this, the car's on fire underneath. Let me get out of my bulletproof car to get shot yeah, in the face. Yeah, dumb.
0: Uh, so, like, I like the line. He's, you know, he's protected better than our president. He's going to need it. I like that line, but he's not.
1: But he's not protected
0: better than the president. <laughs> and then so, worst protection is
1: like under this bridge. And like the police can't find him. Oh, he's got to be somewhere. The, the, the choppers are going everywhere and they're just kind of, man. The only thing I thought was, is this Grand Theft Auto? Is this, is, does, is that actually work in real life? I just <laughs> hide under like a bridge where the yes. bots can't find him. where they got it from. <laughs> so Chris, you have five stars. Here's what
0: you got to, to do. You went, you talked about Ramos. He gives him the. The bullet and the gun to shoot himself right. what if ramos did not shoot himself? i him had that gun? same
1: note how does he know how to do the gun hey john can you help me out here <laughs> so uh, i pulled the lever i seen this in the ow my finger uh, i don't i don't <laughs> know how to do this man i mean i want to really want to kill myself but i just don't know how to <laughs> <laughs> i i don't know if i was a big fan of rada mitchell's accent well she, is she doing a southern accent she's doing this weird southern accent like I feel like maybe Tony Scott and her maybe going over like her character, where she's from, or or maybe she's from the book and that's in there. Well, maybe like, a southern accent
0: was easier for her to do as somebody who's not from not English, like not from American. America. Yeah, maybe, maybe. that might have been an easy access, you know, an accent for her to
1: do. But she was like always switching off between a regular, like generic. Oh, maybe American she wasn't accent very good at southern. <laughs> and then she'd just go off, and all of a sudden, it'd be like, yeah. But it was like such a hard southern accent yep, yep. that it was like. You can't just easily switch between the two extremes of what you're just doing,
0: right? Well, I, like I said, maybe, maybe she just doesn't know how. to, but This is early in her career, too. Sure. So,
1: but yeah, I just, you know. I just I wasn't a huge. I don't know if I was a huge fan of that. How about Dakota Fanning? We're you a huge fan of Dakota Fanning. I think Dakota Fanning is great in this movie. Obviously, this is the thing that got her noticed. I think. Sure. Um, I think that acting wise, I think she does a phenomenal job. You know you really like her at the beginning. Cause she's not in obviously two thirds of the movie. So once she's gone, when I saw like, that
0: hand one time on the bed. <laughs>
1: when she's, when he sees her through the taxi cab, <laughs> yeah, I
0: know, I know. well, she makes it
1: very effortless.
0: She looks, she makes what she's doing on screen is, is very, for someone so young at that point, very effortless yes. in terms of like, it, she's not, I can tell she's not acting, which is great. Let me ask you this compared to how she is now. Okay. Which is better.
1: This yeah yeah but maybe that's because she's less cognizant of that it's a job and stuff like that i don't know because she's in the movie the runaways which is about that band right
0: uh which she's good in she's in the show on tnt the The alienist which i didn't watch the second season because i i tried to but i didn't but she's very like i guess refined in that like her speech pattern sure yeah i will say this if you want to read a really good book, read The Alienist, and then read Angel of Darkness. It's it's really those are really good books by Caleb Carr. And the first season of The Alienist is is the first book. And it it's it's good. It's really good. But I mean, maybe it's just she, you know, she hasn't really gotten those roles yet. And I, it's tough to say because you don't want to compare her as a as a young child because she's young and she's she, you know. Exactly. Yeah.
1: There's it's also a different kind of character. This character is more innocent and sweet, and then when she's upset, it's you know kids being upset and stuff and and getting hurt is, is a little bit more like that's why like as a human species we're more protective of children so I think it's sure. more a it's more impressive seeing a kid do that kind of stuff and b you just kind of you feel for that character more just because they're a child mm-hmm. and I feel like as an adult because now she's an adult it's just like okay
0: uh well I will just going back to Dakota fanning i I want to see more stuff with her in it and and sure this is probably has anything to do with Dakota Fanning or uh, actors as a whole, but I know we all love streaming and I know we all love that there's all this content out there right now, but there's so much stuff out there right now that you lose track of performers. And there are people that are in TV shows or limited series shows that are on Apple Plus or Peacock or wherever. And you don't know because you don't have those those shows or those streamers that you, you don't realize that they're doing all this other work. And I feel like... I mean, it's a double-edged sword. Would they be doing all that work if there wasn't the streamers, or would you see them more in films? Like would they be in bit more films that come out? Would there be more of a bigger exposure for them? Do you know what I mean? I understand. So I'm wondering if that has something to do with it because I I just talked about the TNT show at the end of this. Who watched that? You know what I mean? Not enough people, because right, didn't get a third season. It's also limited in, in what it could do because it was so. It was based on those books and 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 whatnot. But yeah, right. but like that's what I'm saying. Like, I, TV is great, but TV is still TV. And so, if you don't, not everybody has access to the same channels and the same. Uh, cable systems and this, you know, like stuff right, like yeah. that. But if it come out in a movie, it's, it'll be in the theaters and then it'll be a VOD and then it'll be, be able to rent it. And then you'll be able to go, Oh, let's watch this film. Cause it'll be on the algorithm. And you, but you know, like, so you like, there's more ways to get to a film. Right. Sometimes with TV shows are so based on like who owns them and where, where they are that if you don't have, for example, Apple plus, you're not going to see a show like severance that everyone loves, but nobody has that service. You know yeah. what I mean? So I don't know. Or it just, could be
1: on HBO Max, and they just take it away because they want a tax break.
0: Oh, I love that. <laughs> well, well, listen, they they're doing a business there, but I get you. But or they or like let's say like HBO Max, what? Paramount. Paramount owns. In oh, do they own Indiana Jones? No, Disney owns Indiana Jones. Yeah, okay, but then Disney sells it to Showtime or Star, so they can run it for a month on their network and then they pull it from disney plus like that's bullshit like stuff like that they play those games yeah so like stuff like that you just kind of miss out but anyways that's i'll get off the soapbox (laughs) um we'll we'll get back to uh this show did you know that i told you that it made 138 million 130.8 million worldwide yes but did you also know that it made 123 million in DVD VHS rentals and sales in the U S that's pretty good. And again, that's the Denzel. That ends,
1: yeah, <laughs> Denzel.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: People probably go to target and just see the DVD on the shelf and go like, all right, okay. hundred
0: <laughs> yeah. percent up. No, very good. Did you see a Washington stating character on the set? Did You see that note? Oh, I didn't see that. note. Yeah. So I guess he stating character went on set. Um, which i guess all so, right he worked for with a voice coach for 3 months to learn american accented spanish and he speaks spanish rather well okay. this. and then he spent 10 days with advanced weapons training specialists for the role which 10 days that's it no, i'm just kidding <laughs> so yeah so he i mean i don't i mean usually we don't i never get that note that he stays in character on set um, no i've never heard his that before yeah but 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 also i don't really think that this was i mean He's not the type of actor that I think that loses himself in a role. It's always Denzel doing a role, which is fine. Sure. Um, but he does, he is morose and depressed for a lot of the film. So maybe that's part of that. Just kind of like staying in that mindset, staying sad and just kind of like being, maybe there's something like that. Maybe that's true. Yeah. To that like that. And I know I talked about Helgeland wrote this script, but he didn't want to write this film because he, because um, he didn't want to write this movie thinking he might direct it. But then the producers told him that Scott might direct another movie. So basically they lied to him. So he was, he, he doesn't like to write movies he's not going to direct. Right. And then they were like, well, you know, maybe um, Tony Scott's probably going to do this other film. So don't worry about that. But then, you know, he actually ended up doing this. Film, yeah. so right. But they also had uh, somebody else worked on the screenplay revisions. Harry, Henry Bean, who did the believer in deep cover. And so he did some, you know, uncredited rewrites as they as they're known as. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this question.
1: Okay. Who are you recommending this film to? Uh well, I would say Denzel fans, but I feel like most Denzel fans have seen this film. Do you think this is too because it's it's been 19 years? Almost 20 years. It's been almost 20 years. Let's all been almost 18, 19 years
0: because yeah. it's 20. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, Do you think old. that this film is too is not not that it's forgotten, but it's too, it's too recent to be forgotten?
1: I think that anybody most people that would be my age or younger maybe haven't seen man on fire sure uh or at least haven't seen it maybe saw on tv on like fx or something where it's cut cut up and you definitely didn't see the full version of the film Mm -hmm. and I think that that's kind of who I would recommend this film to oh man I I love Denzel Washington have you seen anything from before and it's like maybe you know stuff like Philadelphia is is going to be a little hard pressed for somebody in, with a modern sensibility to kind of watch because maybe it's a little slower, too dramatic for most people. The average watcher like start with Man on Fire, watch Man on Fire, and then go watch some of the rest of his movies. Go backwards from there. I feel like that's a good starting point when you're talking to maybe a more modern audience, kind of uh, casual moviegoer.
0: Mm-hmm. Not deja vu, like you said. Like you do like
1: Not that deja vu. <laughs> deja would be the one movie I'm like. If what you two guns? Do You one. like two guns? I I really like two guns. Mm-hmm. I thought Two Guns was really good. I was surprised how much I liked that. Um, But I think that this is a good starting point for Denzel fans or people who like Denzel but have only seen more modern stuff or want to watch or want to get into Denzel movies. Mm -hmm. Everybody talks about how good Denzel is. Watch Man on Fire. Watch Training Day. And then kind of work back from there. Because I feel like those are very accessible to a general audience. Mm -hmm. So why is it forgotten? I feel like because... Like you said, with streamers and stuff, I feel like this was on TV all the time. Now it's not. Mm -hmm. I feel like Denzel is somebody who does movies all the time. He just always puts out films. Um, and Great.
0: I f- he got this role because he went to the doctor.
1: I saw that. I like that. Note. He went
0: to the doctor, and in the waiting room, Tony Scott was sitting there, and they were like, and they're, they're chatting up. And then he was like, Oh, yeah, I think I, I, I think he'd be good for this role because <laughs> he was gonna give it to Russell Crowe. Yeah, you offered it to Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe's like, Did you see proof of life? He's like, Been there, done that, mate. <laughs> so go ahead.
1: Um, so I feel like maybe that this is a good starting point, but I feel like a lot of people. My age or younger just haven't gone back and watched these movies, and that's why it's forgotten. I feel like Denzel Washington has such a huge filmography that a lot of the stuff he does that's not more recent just gets swallowed up. Like if he doesn't win an Oscar for it, maybe even even Fences, I would say in a couple of years' time would be a forgotten film. He do- I don't see that talked about anywhere.
0: Well, that's, I think that's a he directed that too.
1: Yeah, uh, I feel that, like he just that's a such that's a, a hard work.
0: Right now, of course, I mean, tragedy Macbeth is not going to get a lot of. I think a lot of replay, you're not going to get a lot of people like going back to that because no. it's so it's a great film, but you have to, I understand if people don't like it because they don't like Shakespeare, it's a very minimalistic style film. So it's, you know, it's, it's not on sets, but it feels like it's stagecraft, but it's, you know, it right. feels like that. Um, and you, like, again, you, it's, it's, it, it might not be your cup of tea. So people probably won't go to it. Um, I, I kind of, uh, I agree with what you're saying, but I also think that, the same reasons that I had problems with it, I think I think a lot of people are turned off by the style. I think people love, see the thing is people love Top Gun, they love Days of Thunder, they love a lot of Tony Scott films, but they mm-hmm. don't know they're Tony, Tony Scott films. Do you know what I mean? Like they're just good because, oh, there's just good action, there's good dialogue, you know that, what I yeah. mean? But I think once, I think he developed, Tony Scott developed a style and I just don't, I think his style, I, polarizing is a strong word. But something a little less like than polarizing. It's not. I think his style is not for everybody. Sure. And I think that you know it it, it might work. It might not work. I think that when you choose style over substance, sometimes you're going to turn off your audience, and they still do well. I'm not saying his movies don't do well. Enemy of the State did well. He did that as well. Yeah. Um. I just think that Enemy
1: of the State has a lot of this too. That oh yeah,
0: no yeah, but I think that in terms of lasting. In, you know people going back to it yeah I mean, people go people always talk about Beverly's Cop Two Top Gun Days of Thunder
1: do people really talk about Days of Thunder that much
0: they should yeah but they I think you talk about it. <laughs> uh, listen I think if anything if if before this podcast ends if you take anything away from what I'm telling you is that this is Days I love Thunder, Top Con, Top Gun I love Top Gun <laughs> but I think Days of Thunder is just as good as Top Gun and I don't think it gets enough love. It's really good, but anyways, I think top, <laughs> I think Top Gun is a really good, here we go. Top Gun is a is a good film, but at the end of Top Gun, it's like all of a sudden they're like, guys, you got your papers. All of a sudden, like the movie's over. Nope, Mavericks, you know, movie's over. Mavericks come to terms with who he is or whatever he's you know he settled. But then all of a sudden, no, you guys got to go fight, go fight. Where is this coming from? And like <laughs> and, and like I was talking to my buddy today about it. It's like they shoot down MIGs. Over international waters, that is a major incident. But we're just going to be like, yeah, no problem, no big deal. We're just going to start war. That's
1: uh, what the rest of that's what they're fighting it was World War three.
0: <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> with Days of Thunder, I always think that Days of Thunder has a stronger story element to it and it finishes completely. Okay, regardless, I'm going to, don't talk about this. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that the style really puts a lot of people off, not a bad way, just kind of, yeah, it's all right. I'll, I'll watch something else because it does get, to me, it gets confusing. And I, like I've already laid out. And I think for other people, it just maybe they're just not into it as much. I mean, maybe it's tough to find that substance through the style. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe that for, 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 for general audiences. Although, uh, we could be talking about our butt here. I could be talking about my butt here because it made so much money. So who who
1: what do I know? <laughs> Just,
0: no, I really like this movie. Would you watch it again, though?
1: Yes. I've yeah. already watched it like five times. Oh, you said that already. I'm sorry. I'm, You're right. I'd watch it again. I probably wouldn't. Good for you.
0: I mean, if someone said, like, hey, I want to watch Man of Fire, I'd be like, all right, fine, let's watch it. But I don't. There are probably hundreds of movies that I would suggest other than this. I mean, I'd watch John Wick all the time. That's different.
1: That's, yeah, it's a different. They killed his
0: dog. (laughs) Where can (laughs) they
1: find us? You can find us at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. While you're there, check out all the other great podcasts and uh, video series and stuff we got for you there. Uh, And uh, while you're listening to us, wherever you're listening to us, give us a like, rate, subscribe, all that good stuff.
0: Join us next week as we're going to be watching a movie that I honestly only remember maybe five minutes of it. I remember liking it, but I don't know. We'll see. That's great. We're watching the 1988 movie "A Night in the Life of Jimmy Reardon" with River Phoenix
1: and Matthew Perry is in this movie. Yeah, he just wrote. uh, Well, when we're recording this, he was just writing about this movie, moron, and made some stupid statements. Yeah.
0: So, anyways, this is um. I'll give you the I'll give you the brief rundown because I never do this, but I want to do this because (laughs) we just I, I I. don't think anybody knows this film. Nope. A charming womanizer has to find a way to get $80 to elope to Hawaii with his one true love or else go to his father's chosen business school. So yeah, it's a night in the life of Jimmy Reed. Is this an 80s comedy? 1988 drama romance. It's a drama romance. It's an hour and a half. All right. Deal yeah, with it. Right. Right. <laughs> I remember really liking this film when I was younger. <laughs> so we'll see. I hope we can find it. <laughs> uh, it says I can rent it on Prime Video. So at least we can rent it, Butler. All right. Good. It's not from the 90s. So we're all right. 1988. All right. That's next week. Uh, Until then, everyone, have a great week. I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema.